Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Thursday, July the 29th, 2021. Thank you for listening to AFR. And uh, joining me on the panel today, we'll find out whether it's a a distinguished one or not at the end of the show. (laughs) I will introduce it in reverse here. Ray Pritchard joins us from Kansas City, Kansas. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Yourself? Yeah, doing good. It's It's hot. Yeah. What's it like in Tupelo? It's really hot here in Kansas City. Um, Hades is a word that comes to mind, <laughs> uh, to use a biblical term. Well, we're evidently under the same weather system here. Okay. What? Uh, actually, uh, let's see. Uh, let me uh, let me see what we got today here. High of 97. Uh, I don't know what the heat index will be. What about Kansas City? Would high today here is going to be 98 and heat index around 107. So. Well, we're the same. I know. All the same. 99 tomorrow, 96 Saturday, 92 Sunday. And then, I don't know, you get in the cold wave. Uh, eventually, yeah. Monday, Monday, 83 is a high. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be. Yeah, 82 here on Monday. Nice. Yeah. So we're getting, a, I guess it's a, a cool cold front. Uh, that's right. So to speak. Fred Jackson, good morning, Mr. Canadian. Yes, good morning. Yeah. Pizza oven, Hades. You know, it's the time of the year. You know, just. Just grin and bear it. And native Mississippian Chris Woodward, yes. who's uh, – uh, you come to Mississippi in uh, July and August, you, you you live William Faulkner. You do. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot day in Yachnapatapa <laughs> County, to use a uh, Faulkner reference. Uh, I think our heat is part of the reason why people in this part of the country tend to be more religious than other folks. Uh, oh, we, you, already, we already know what uh, Hades feels oh, like. Oh, so I got you. I see where you're going with that one. Step out of this world. I don't think that's uh, – Probably not theologically sound, but uh, I get your metaphor. Okay. I get your metaphor. Uh, All right. Uh, A lot to talk about today. We thank you for joining us. If you want to join us on the internet, go to YouTube or Facebook. Simply type in today's issues. We have not been canceled there. Um, So we're we're available there. Facebook and YouTube, type in today's issues. And on the Facebook page, at least we post the stories that we discuss. So if you want the, you know, look at the original information that we base our conversation up of fred and our team there uh, and brent creeley they post those on our today's issues facebook page uh okay go ahead chris well the back and forth continues this morning over covid19 mask mandates vaccination mandates related issues um now You know, earlier this week, we had the CDC saying that uh, people in certain parts of the country should start wearing masks again, regardless of their vaccination status. The Biden administration has come out in support of that guidance from the CDC uh, one week after the president told Don Lemon on CNN during a town hall that if you're vaccinated, you should not have to wear a mask. But nonetheless, they all, you know, they always talk about the data changing and new findings and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the stated reasons why the CDC and other medical groups say we need to start wearing masks again and maybe even get an extra booster shot or what have you. My blood pressure is going up. Yes. So you better go ahead and get to the point. (laughs) Well, the reason they keep pointing uh, to these kinds of things is because of this uh, Delta variant. Uh, The virus is mutating. Mm -hmm. It's getting worse. It's 
having negative impacts on people and stuff like that. So I have a bit of audio here. This is author and Fox News personality Rachel Campos Duffy sharing some statistics from Dan Bongino and other people that uh, the Delta variant is not as deadly as uh, media and other people would have you to believe. Clip one. Yeah, the fatality rate for the Delta variant, which is driving, you know, this new mass mandate is 0.08. Our own Dan Bongino posted that um, on Facebook yesterday right. and the fact checkers went after him and he's like, come after me. This is it's a point. It's not point eight. It's point zero eight. Now, to match that, you have a lot of people saying, listen, you told us to get vaccinated. We didn't have to wear masks anymore. And as a result, a lot of those people are upset that they're being told I've got to wear a mask again. And on top of the people that don't want to wear the masks. People that uh, were listening to... Can you to, say mask one more time? Yeah, mask. In this story? Chris. Face coverings. How about Thank that? You. Uh, now, I, people that were listening to AFR prior to this show beginning heard this in one of our newscasts from uh, Rusty Pugh, but I have some additional audio here. This is uh, Mark Thiessen of the American Enterprise Institute and Fox News contributor. He was on Fox & Friends today and said, listen, vaccinated people should not have to wear face coverings. Uh, he added that, uh, statistically speaking, you've got nothing to worry about. Clip two. If you're vaccinated, the pandemic is over, okay? So CDC numbers, I went, I looked at the CDC numbers. from As of July 19th, 2021, a grand total of 4,072 people have been hospitalized with symptomatic breakthrough infections, and 849 have died of COVID from breakthrough infections out of 161 million Americans who've been fully vaccinated. So Dan Bongino, my good friend, is overstating the risk. The, the, the hospitalization rate, yes. the hospitalization rate for COVID, if you've had the vaccine, is 0.003%, and the death rate from those breakthrough infections is 0.0005%. Put that in perspective, your chance of getting killed by a lightning strike is 0.0007%. You are more likely to die from a bee sting, a dog attack, a car crash, drowning, sunstroke, or choking on food than you are of dying of COVID-19 if you have been fully vaccinated. And the same is true for hospitalization. Now, I threw a lot at you there, but you still have the president and other people saying the sky is falling. We've got to batten down the hatches on top of clearly undeniable fact shared by two different people there. Brad? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking uh, what you just heard uh, is so far from where we were uh, a year and four months ago. A year and four months ago, the nation was in a panic. Anything that the experts were telling us to do, we got to do this, mm -hmm. we got to stop this pandemic. It's something horrible happening in this country. But what has happened in the last... 14, 15 months is we've learned a whole lot more mm -hmm. about this virus. And then we had the, the Fauci's and others telling us, okay, you get vaccinated, uh, you're going to open up the economies again, everything's going to be okay. So when the White House and the CDC hits us with this stuff on Tuesday this week, I think it was, Monday or Tuesday this week, a lot of people are saying, we're not going to go through this again. Uh, you told us if we got vaccinated uh, that we could go about our lives. Now you're telling me, even if I got vaccinated, got to put the mask back on again. Now you're also telling me my kids are getting set to go back to school, and you're saying to my kids and to me, I'm going to have to mask up my kids again mm -hmm. for another year. Yeah. The American people are not going to put up with it. You just heard that clip from Mark Thiessen there, and people are saying yes. 
that's where I am with this, and I'm not going to put up with the nonsense. You know, you know, uh, get, uh, Ray, have you comment right when I get through with this comment? But uh, evidence of what you just said, Fred, mm-hmm. I saw last night. Uh, I was reading a story where in St. Louis, Missouri, you know, they had in, uh, announced. I don't know if the uh, city council or the mayor or whoever announced uh, a couple days ago that they were going to inst- reinstitute a mask mm-hmm. indoors mm-hmm. Yes. for everybody, okay? It took them 24 hours, <laughs> and they reversed themselves because mm-hmm. the backlash from the community. Mm-hmm. And if you're only talking about St. Louis proper, you're talking about a vast majority of them would be Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So I was thinking to myself, here is – the city uh, of St. Louis saying, hey, put your mask back on, everybody, inside. And evidently this citizen said, no, we're not doing that anymore. And uh, and uh, that's that's what – so that, that says to me that this is probably not going to be received well by the American public, even in blue states or blue that's communities. Right. Go that's ahead, right. Ray. Well – I had heard the first part of what you just said about the mask mandate in St. Louis. I didn't hear about the pushback. Okay, I hope in Kansas City they get the message because in the last 24 hours we have followed the lead of St. Louis and there's a mask mandate for the city of Kansas City. Um, You've got to be masked when you're going to go inside in any public place starting on Monday. I hope it happens here like it happened in St. Louis. So look, guys, we've talked about this before. Um I have been fully vaccinated, right? So somebody explained to me, if I went that far and the chances of me getting COVID now are infinitesimally small and then getting it so seriously that I need to be in the hospital smaller than that or dying from it, I know it's not impossible, but it is very, very small. Mm-hmm. It is frustrating, Fred, and a bit infuriating to be told, okay, I... I played ball with you. I followed the rules. I got the vaccination. Now you got to tell me I got to put my mask back on. Fred, that doesn't make any sense to me. At no. All. And, and to Tim's point, this crosses political lines. I don't care if you're a Democrat and your parents, Republican or parents, you don't want to put your kids, you love mm-hmm. your kids. Oh, yeah. You don't want to put them through another year of masking up. And you have the CDC saying, uh, we think, yeah, the kids. Remember we were told, little kids, Mm -hmm. they're not vulnerable to this. They're not going to get it. They're not going to pass it along. But now you have even the the, uh, teachers union talking about, well, you know, we're going to make these kids mask up if you want to get them back in school again. Parents are not going to put up with that. Right. I do want to mention, too, because I know some of our listeners um, have probably already, you know, uttered this during our discussion about this. When you, when you talk about the COVID-19 and the concerns and the reaction as far as the statistics when it comes to Delta and the vaccination rate, uh, mortalities and things like that, there is also the issue of people that got the shot, be it a Pfizer shot, um, the Johnson & Johnson shot, or some other um, vaccination. Uh, there are concerns that people who are getting those are having negative side effects, uh, some people have uh, gotten really sick. Some people have died. I know Tucker Carlson has done stories about this, citing VAERS data. We've done stories ourselves uh, mentioning uh, Twyla Brace, a registered nurse uh, and head of a group called Citizens Council for Health Freedom. So I am aware of the uh, the issues that people are having getting or after getting the vaccination shot. So uh, we are aware of that, too. And that and that is something else, too, um, 
discuss and consider because today the president is supposed to announce that uh, millions of federal workers, basically all of them, are going to need to show proof they've received a coronavirus vaccine or submit to regular testing and stringent social distancing and masking. So I'm working on this as well. Stay tuned to uh, AFN this afternoon. Let me just uh, just a quote from the St. Louis, uh, back to the St. Louis situation. St. Louis, I'm reading from stltoday.com, which is the website for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which is the, the main newspaper there. Uh, it says the sound. Uh, this is from yesterday. The St. Louis count, city, uh, the St. Louis County Council. There's St. Louis proper, and then there's is there is it St. Louis County? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, this is what it says here. So that must incorporate more than just the city. Um, the St. Louis County Council. Uh, in some places, that's called Board of Supervisors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Move to end the county's new mask mandate Tuesday, throwing the order into legal limbo. After hearing dozens of people rail against the mandate and County Executive Sam Page, council members voted 5-2 to end the order and rebuke Page for failing to consult them before issuing it, which they say was required under a new state law. So they're in the legal battle there. But what the point is here, you had one fella who is called the county executive, maybe he's considered the mayor Mm -hmm. of a county. I'm just trying to translate for people what his role is here. And he says, mask, everybody wear a mask indoors again for St. Louis County. The citizens, uh, you know, rise up and say no. They go to their city council, their county council, the county councilman. (laughs) I'm going to slip up here in a minute. Um, Five to two say... You can't do this, uh, Mr. County Executive. Yeah. So they're in a they're in an argument there. So my, my, the overall point is there is there is a backlash, a uh, big one, uh, blue, red, whatever, to this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in California, the kind of zombies out there, but um, uh, to to the to these here we go again, mask mandates. Mm-hmm. We're gonna mm-hmm. possibly lock down. Yeah. yeah. O- over now, consider. And we'll move on to the next story here. The overarching uh, issue here that we, we're all talking about here is in, in golf, we call it risk-reward, okay? That is, are you going to shoot the ball over, that, over the water and go for the green at 200 yards, or are you going to lay up over here uh, and take the safe route in? So there's always risk-reward mm-hmm. with – uh, a vaccine like this, mm-hmm. which is new and experimental. That's what we're saying here. So it's not that the vaccines don't work necessarily. It's that there is a, uh, there is a, uh, a downside to, and a risk to taking them as well that the mainstream media and a lot of people in the medical profession are not talking about or not discussing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this vaccine requirement is, that's not an easy it's not as easy as saying if you don't take a vaccine, you don't believe in science. That's the, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what these folks want to put on people who are saying, "No, wait a minute, hold on." Yes, uh, you know this is that's uh, there are risk involved. I guess you yeah. could say. And, and like I say, we we've come now fourteen months, and people people the general population 
knows a whole lot more about this thing. You know, I heard, as I think it's Dr. Mark Siegel, it is, it is one of the experts, he's on Fox, mm -hmm. and he says you have to separate, he separates out the issue mask versus vaccination. And he said, masks, uh, no, not so much. Vaccinations, yes, he's a believer in vaccinations, but he, when he comes to these mandates for masks, he says that's a whole other ballpark. And you cannot bring the science to that like you can to the vaccines. Look. So, and so that's another camp mm -hmm. that's out there, and uh, that's why you. I think the opposition to the masks has grown exponentially, and that's where the front is going to be this time in this battle. Okay, with re with respect to vaccines, I would just say now, Doctor Siegel, I respect too. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm not opposed to vaccines. Everybody, do your own homework. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And decide for yourself that it's not thus saith the Lord, okay, for Christians. But I, I would recommend that you read, um, you type in Dr. Peter McCullough. Okay. Dr. Peter McCullough, he is a uh, one of the top doctors at uh, Texas A&M University. Mm -hmm. And he lives in Dallas. He's highly respected, probably has more credentials than Fauci, Dr. <laughs> Fauci. And I watched an interview with with the Dr. McCullough, and he he's talking about the uh, evidence emerging about the repercussions of um, health repercussions of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, so, g just read for yourself. Uh, Dr. Peter A. McCullough is his name, and uh, we know we don't we don't tell people we don't give we don't give absolute mm -hmm. medical advice here. No. Um, on American Family Radio, except to say, consult your doctor, mm -hmm. do your own reading, do your own homework, and we will pass along information mm -hmm. from experts that you can read for yourself uh, to draw your own conclusions. But I'm just saying, that it, with uh, with COVID, it seems to me absolutely that with children, or I would say people under 30, here I go giving medical advice. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say uh, my opinion about that uh my opinion uh that the risk from dying or even being in the hospital for covid as was mentioned in the fox news segment we mm -hmm. just played a clip from a few minutes ago is so tiny it's not you can't even see it mm -hmm. compared to what comp compare that okay that's that's the risk uh, or, or that's that's a, the stated reward is you're going to be vaccinated from COVID, right? But the risk would be, um, okay, if I don't take, I mean, if I do take the vaccine, what might happen as a result of that? Am I going to find out five years from now I'm infertile? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying there are a lot of things that that you don't know when something's experimental mm -hmm. and something is uh, uh, on produced at warp speed, right? Okay, and and the other side of this, the people who say you oh you're an anti-vaxer, they uh, first of all I'm not an anti-vaxer, but if you're going to tell me that you need to need at least acknowledge uh, what Dr. McCullough's saying mm -hmm. here, and what I'm uh, saying that he said, and you can go and read about what he said. You're listening to today's issues. Next story, Chris. Well, we've got a long way to go. You, uh, by the way, Chris, no more in this show. <laughs> can you use? Uh, there, there are words that make my blood pressure. Dr. Anthony Fauci, those are three words. Are you going to use him again? No. Okay, because I need to take some medicine. Okay. If you're going to do that. 
Um, and are you going to bring up mask again? No, sir. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead, Chris. We'll see how you do. Well, all right. Well, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there, which is a perfect segue to this story. Uh, President Joe Biden is in the news for telling someone yesterday in Pennsylvania that he used to drive an 18-wheeler truck. <laughs> and I'm not making it up. We oh, have the auto. Oh. Uh, we have well, the auto. Did he? did he? He did. He no, did. no, did he? Did he drive an eighteen wheeler? Uh, set this up for just a minute. Okay, he's at a uh, he's at a is it a, a truck factory? He went to a Mack truck facility in the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania. Okay, he's promoting Buy American. Yes. Okay, so he's at this truck factory. Yes, right. And he's doing a little one-on-one meet and greet with uh, various folks. And okay, the president, and, he, and, he, and he makes the claim out uh, publicly that what now? That he used to drive an eighteen wheeler truck. Okay, and uh, people are. Saying, so he's a man of the people. This is not true. Yes, sir. So so did he did he did he drive an eighteen wheeler truck? According to the RNC, no. So the, the you talking about the Republican the National Republican Committee. National Committee? Yes, sir. The or, uh, the one of the wings of the GOP. But I have the audio here for everybody to hear it for themselves. All right, let's hear it. Clip eight. And anyway, and if we I don't do, drive an eighteen wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, I wish. Oh, yeah. I could. That's I, awesome. I got to. <laughs> I got to. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, man, used to drive an 18-wheeler. So are you saying he lied? Uh, he, mis- he misspoke. You know, I don't like to accuse <laughs> any president of lying, but certainly there is something there that is uh, uh, being reviewed greatly today by a lot of people paid to look these things up. And did, as of right did, now, it did, doesn't did, appear did, that he did has Jen it on his resume. vouch for that? She hasn't circled back to me yet, but uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to check in with her circle again. Circle back in her 18-wheeler? Yes, sir. Yeah. So what we have here, it appears, yes, he did. That is that President Biden said yesterday that he once drove a, an eighteen wheeler, but that's the first anybody's ever heard of, including Jinsaki. Yes, and uh, so uh, it, it at this point it appears he just made that up on yeah. the fly. I'm not sure there, whether there he's smoky or the bandit. Wait, hold yeah. on. Fred's there, got there are reports. <laughs> there are reports uh-huh. that when Jen Psaki heard him say that yesterday, yeah. she proceeded to the wall in her office and continued to bang her head for five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> she went full on woodpecker, did she, Ed? Fred? <laughs> well. All right. Wait, Ray, weigh in here. You, what's to say? Were, I mean, he said... It sounded like he just was making it up on uh, the fly. He said, I and, once drove an 18-wheeler. And yeah. then he said, I got to. What does that mean? <laughs> that, the, that, that one of the truckers let him sit behind the wheel? <laughs> I don't know. Well, don't know. there are reports that he drove in the passenger side of a truck one time. That's not driving. What does he that used even to mean? drive an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Some, what now? What? He drove in the passenger seat in, of an 18-wheeler. There, there are reports. You can't do that, but, can you, unless you're a mailman? But he made the jump mentally yesterday to the driver's side. Oh. Yeah. In other oh. words, he it, this is all in his head. <laughs> it, it's a fantasy, right? <laughs> There's yeah. no Which video. is what happens to a lot of <laughs> yeah. people when they get, uh, when they start having, uh, what do you call it, cognitive decline? Or they just, start making up stories. Old enough, you know. It happens. All right. So <laughs> now, in the grand scheme of 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 of, of the world, uh, this doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's it, it, no. President President Biden in his forty year plus political career 
has told some whoppers. Uh-huh. In yes. fact, I think he's the king of whoppers. <laughs> if you look at it, and, he, and this this would probably be, this saying he once drove an 18-wheeler probably doesn't even rank in the top 10 of whoppers. <laughs> yeah. I would say must-see TV today is yeah. the White House briefing with mm. Jen Psaki. She will be asked. Did, did, when did he drive an 18-wheeler? Yeah. <laughs> must-see TV. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kirby Anderson, our good buddy from uh, Dallas TX, is going to be in studio coming up. We'll ask him if he's <laughs> ever driven an 18-wheeler. <laughs> American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit inhisimage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox my hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit inhisimage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Netflix, the online streaming service, is in big trouble. They lost nearly a half million subscribers during the second quarter. Netflix blamed its troubles on the spring and summer months, but that's not it. It seems most Americans don't appreciate the far-left turn Netflix has taken over the past few years. They've gone woke. Netflix recently announced a partnership with Barack and Michelle Obama, churning out propaganda disguised as entertainment. Netflix also over-sexualized its content, basically becoming a soft porn channel. They drew the wrath of parents after broadcasting Cuties, a program that sexualized little girls. Families are just not going to spend money on that sort of garbage. They long for the days of Everybody Loves Raymond and The Andy Griffith Show. And trust me, there's no place for Mayberry on Netflix. My new book is now the number one Christian inspirational book in the country. You can order a copy right now at ToddSterns.com. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio.
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. Tim, Fred, Chris, and Ray, we thank you for listening. Um, we are talking about President Biden yesterday at a Mack truck facility mm-hmm. where they make them. That's where they make them. They do. And they also, they're getting involved in uh, electric battery uh, manufacturing and things of that nature for those kinds of trucks as well. Anyway, President Biden uh, made the claim yesterday that he once drove an 18-wheeler. And uh, Jen Psaki today at the press conference will be asked about that probably. Leave it to Peter Ducci. Ducci, right? right? Uh Um, I used to have a friend. I've had a couple friends down through my lifetime who were like Biden. They just towed whoppers, Mm. but they and they did it on the fly because they wanted to impress. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're bowling with them, Mm -hmm. they'll say you know in the middle of bowling they'll say yeah I want to bowl three hundred. Of course, there's no evidence for that, and they're probably and they're just making it up. But it's impressive to the people there around. Really, yeah. you bowled 300? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, I did. That's kind of like what Biden does. Yeah, he sort of in the moment, just sort of makes stuff up sometimes on the fly. One of the uh, dictators in North Korea famously claimed that he hit a hole there's in one the one? first time he played golf. Yeah. What now? One of the uh, dictators. I'm not sure which Jong it was, but one of the Kim. Okay. Uh, members of the uh, the Kim family claimed that he had a hole-in-one on his first time playing golf. You have to agree with him. Yeah, you you, you do in North There's Korea, no Peter yes. Ducey's in Yeah, You won't get your beat room. for the year if you don't, uh, if you of, don't agree with him. Of course, what he didn't say was mini-golf. <laughs> <laughs> They're the clown. Are you making yeah. a reference to his height? <laughs> well, I'm not one to judge, but yes. <laughs> I got my seat jacked up today, folks. If anybody remembers last week when when I reminded Tim of uh, uh, the uh, Tim Conway character, Dorf. Dorf, you there reminded you me of Dorf over there because yes, you were do what I can. You were well, you, you're you're five six. You said five seven. Five, well, eight. You know, hey, people take notice of me when I enter the room, so it's a blessing. I'm not making fun of your height or lack thereof. I'm just saying when you squirted down in your seat there, I saw was your <laughs> yeah. across from me was your shoulder and head. I gave Brent a five dollar like bill today. He he heightened my chair for me. So okay, I'm at the same level. By the way, uh, we have with us in studio Kirby Anderson, our good buddy from uh, Pro, uh, Probe Ministries and Point of View Radio Program, heard on some of our stations here on AFR in the evening, and. Uh, he joined us in studio. How you doing, Brother Kirby? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for your hospitality. It's just you, been great to be here. You ever driven an 18-wheeler? Never have. Never have. And, uh, I'll be honest about that, which is uh, something that you don't hear very much anymore, at least in the Oval Office. Uh, Ray, you and Kirby go way, way back, right? Yes, oh, we do. back to – hi, Kirby. How are you? Northeast Bible Church that's in boring. Garland right. in that's the lo- 1980s, lo- right? It's wow. back in the last century. That's a long, <laughs> that's a long time ago. That's right. <laughs> Wow. And you guys, uh, Kirby was saying, you guys both uh, last night, you were telling me you guys, you and Ray speak at a lot of the same conferences. Yes, so uh, Word of Life, uh, right. we do the very Bible Institute, speak to, of course, none of us last year spoke at either Camp of the Woods or Word of Life. There was this thing called the pandemic that kind of yeah. uh, curtailed right. a lot of that, but uh, 
nevertheless. You've been in Christian talk radio now for how many years? Well, uh, Marlon first had me on the show in 1980, but he asked me to be a guest host in 1986. So if you do the math there, that uh, is a couple uh, decades worth, and uh, it's been going. You and Marlon did it together for Mm -hmm. uh, Marlon Maddox, the late Marlon passed uh, what year? 2004. Okay. So, you know, from 1986 on, I was kind of the guest host, and people would say, how's Marlon? I said, I don't know, because if he was on, I was not on, and if I was on, he was not on. But you might remember Timble Hay, when lots of times, would come into Dallas and was doing a television program, and he would be sitting around Friday waiting to do it that night. And Marlon said, why don't you come into the studio, and we'll do uh, maybe kind of a roundtable. So it was Marlon Maddox, Timble Hay, and myself in what today we call the Friday Weekend Edition. Matter of fact, tomorrow we'll have Penna Dexter and sure. Kelly Shackelford and myself sit around the table. Dr. Merle Matthews, who I know yeah. you know, uh, sometimes is there, sometimes Alan uh, West, although he's running for governor right now, so he's not as busy with us. And so that was something that I did for many years. And then as Marlon's health began to fade, I was doing more and more of the program. And then when he um, passed on in 2004, Warren Kelly said, would you like to do this every day? And I said, well, I do have a day job, but uh, nevertheless, I've been doing that uh, since uh, 2004, uh, every single day. And you were one of the founders, were you not, of Probe Ministries? Yes, and even that happened before I did. I mean, we're coming up with some interesting anniversaries. At NRB next year, if anybody's going to be there, that will be the 50th anniversary of Point of View, started in 1972. Right. A year later, actually, it'll be the 50th anniversary of Probe Ministries, which was actually started by Jimmy Williams and John Buell. I joined shortly thereafter. but uh, Tell our listeners what Probe you know, does. Probe is uh, really doing a lot of things in terms of worldview and apologetics. A lot of material that, uh, you know, you go to the website probe.org, all sorts of articles and radio programs that we've done and those kinds of things. Uh, More recently, we've done this huge survey survey of over 3,000 individuals because we're trying to figure out what's going on with the Generation Y, the millennial generation, and especially Generation Z. And you're seeing more and more of those who fit into the category called unaffiliated. Um, we used to call them nuns, but whenever I call them nuns, people think uh, Catholic nuns, but right. it's N-O-N-E-S. It's people that, when asked uh, for their religious affiliation, are atheist, agnostic, or no preference. And in the general populations, that's gone from 13% to 35%. It's almost tripled in the last few years. So Why is that? That is because of this secular culture. One of the values of uh, today's issues and American Family Radio is we're interrupting that filibuster. But for a lot of young people, especially that spend so much time on their phones, or even if they do listen to radio, and they're not as much likely to listen to radio if they do, they're not necessarily getting the kind of things we talk about here on American Family Radio every day. So this secular culture, both in the media, uh, if they go off to college, guess what you're going to get there? Same kind of thing. And even in uh, social media culture. I mean, most of the institutions today, as we well know, are really dominated by a secular worldview. You know, I'm concerned, and I know we all here are concerned as Christians about the direction of our country in terms of, well, in a lot of respects, but certainly in what you just talked about, because I look at Europe, okay, and Europe used to be a Christian continent. Yes. Um, that is, the majority of people were, were Christians. And now, uh, I dare say, ten percent. Uh, now there would be a lot of a lot of them would claim to be Christians in terms of family heritage, or you know, I'm I'm European, thus I'm Christian, right? Right. But uh, I'm talking about practicing 
yeah. Bible believing Christians. And so we what 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 I'm saying is I don't I don't want to see that trend take over the United States. Preview of coming attractions. What Canada, Fred, you're from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh Canada used to be a Christian. Yes. Is Canada going the way of Europe? Oh, absolutely. If you go to Canada, you're feeling the same kind of spiritual environment that you feel in Europe right now. Mm -hmm. Very hostile. I've said it many times. Very secular. You cannot do the kind of programming we do here at American Family Radio. You cannot do, even on so-called Christian radio in Canada. Christian radio basically is music, and that's all. That is amazing. Yeah, you know one of the things that uh, but we, we just want to reverse that. Yeah, what, what I'm saying, we, we wanna, need to reverse we, we, that. We we want to reverse that trend. We don't want that to we happen know what that to our looks country. Like. So we're doing everything we can. Point of view is doing everything uh, they they can. Pro Ministries, American Family Radio, Keep Believing Ministries, which is Ray's Ministry, and, and and a multitude of other friends of ours are doing what we can to stop this trend because we cannot. We don't want to live in a country that goes completely godless mm-hmm. well we'll lose our freedoms and our constitutional rights our constitution will be done away that's the whole uh overarching uh the secular marxist communists now are trying to trying to uh upend our uh, our constitution and our and our faith right now you know uh ray and i go to some of these bible institutes and one of the ones i go to is in hungary budapest hungary which is actually taught in a castle that used to be owned by the marxist and now word of life takes it over but i had someone years ago say mr anderson i don't want to hurt your feelings but as i look at what's happening in hungary right now it is moving from darkness to light. Mm-hmm. A lot of individuals looking at the gospel, and the Hungarian president's kind of like a the European Trump in some respects. He says, so as I look at my country, it's moving from darkness to light. But I don't want to offend you, but when I look at the United States, mm-hmm. it seems to be moving from light to darkness. Yes. So even people in Europe and other countries are seeing the remarkable change that has happened in a short amount of time, which has been accelerated because of the pandemic and the lockdown, I think. Yeah. Ray, go ahead. You know, Kirby, I was thinking about the questions that young people ask. And if you go back to, say, the beginning of probe, <clears throat> probe Ministries almost 50 years ago, that's one generation. Now, I mean, we've gone through these millennial generations, Generation X, Generation Y. To what degree have the questions that young people are asking, uh, to what degree have those questions changed from, say, 50 years ago to today? Well, you have two categories. First of all, you got the perennial questions, you know, how could a evil exist in the world when a God is supposed to be all loving and all good, and you have uh, certainly creation, evolution, those kinds of things. But I'm borrowing this from John Stone Street, but I've noticed it as well. The questions used to be, is the Bible true? Is Christianity true? That question still remains, but there's a second one which is more dangerous. Not only is Christianity true, but is Christianity good? Because if indeed your argument is is that uh, white Christians are the reason for white supremacy, for racism, for exploitation of the poor and all the rest, uh, that question is one that we're going to have to answer more significantly. So it isn't just the kind of apologetic kind of questions we deal with all the time, uh, but I find myself now occasionally talking about the authority of the Bible, the deity of Jesus Christ, the resurrection, those kinds of things, but I also find myself spending a lot of time talking about critical race theory, 
uh, white fragility, white supremacy, and those kinds of things, because there is a conviction now that not only is Christianity untrue, it's actually dangerous and should be marginalized and not actually have a fair hearing. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, just on a, a personal level, like if you are a young person listening to this program, first of all, thank you. We need you. Uh, I need you because uh, one day, uh, if the Lord tarries, it's going to be me, Brent, other folks here uh, trying to um, keep things going, you know, and, and spread the gospel. And, and we do have things like the, uh, the Share Truth Apply Scripture radio program on Saturday afternoons. Uh, Wesley Wildman, Tim's son, uh, is on there. Jordan Shamley, Cedar Sarton. I've appeared on there from time to time. So if you are a young person today, please share the gospel with someone. If you are an older individual and you know a younger person, please do what you can to try to reach those um, individuals. Have you, are you aware of any kind of efforts um, where we're trying to do millennial outreach? Um, going uh, forward. Even on our own program point of view, we do a millennial roundtable where I get some of the best and brightest individuals who are millennials or experts on that to speak to that issue. We recognize they're maybe not listening to radio, but some do. Mm-hmm. Of course, we also put these material up on YouTube and the rest. And uh, we've done programs to really create within the church, uh, sort of create a, an aha moment. You know, we found that unfortunately inside the church, even if you are born again, mm-hmm. you may not have a biblical worldview. And if you don't have a biblical worldview, we're not going to be acting on that. So we've got programs that we've done. And there have been some great ministries really preparing kids when they go off to college. We have a mind games camp. Most people are familiar with Summit Ministries. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some good worldview programs out there, but there's just a whole lot more that needs to take place. And I think back, if I have uh, pastors or Sunday school teachers listening right now, you've just got to be much more intentional about preparing young people for what they're going to encounter. When they graduate, whether they go to college or the military, out in the workaday world, they're going into a war, and we need to prepare them. And youth group needs to be boot camp. You know, I'm all about eating pizza. I can't count the number of times I've had a pie put in my face. You know, I do all the fun stuff. (laughs) But we need to also prepare them for what they're going to encounter in the 21st century. Why why are churches reluctant to do that, though? Because the the idea of the Barna Worldview Surveys, they've Mm -hmm. been around for years. So why are churches many times reluctant to get their kids ready for college and university? Well, again, part of it is uh, an ability. I mean, that's why I do think that things like Summit Ministries or Probes Mind Game Camp or things like that are helpful because a typical youth leader says, well, I may not be able to account for all of that. But I I just think that if you do look at those surveys, and I have George Barna on about every other week. Of course, (laughs) I have our own surveys right now. So I I really want people to understand that and to figure out where the the watershed is. And so on some issues, young people sound pretty good. They do believe that there's a creator God. They believe that Jesus uh, was the the Savior, and they believe that the Bible maybe is true. What's the watershed? The two that show up so often, first of all, they don't believe in absolute truth. They believe that you have your view of truth, you have a different view of truth, and Tim has a... So there is no ultimate truth. Yeah, there's no ultimate truth. And boy, you lose that one. That's one of them. The other one, and we do that in the second week of our programs for churches, they don't believe in Satan. And if you think about this, how are you going to be effective in terms of spiritual warfare if you don't really understand that you're engaged in spiritual warfare. And so we say that those individuals, to use Colossians 2.8, they are individuals who have been taken captive uh, by false philosophy. 
And you think about this, the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, we're supposed to take every thought captive, same word, but either you take every thought captive and think biblically, or you will be taken captive by the false views of the culture and the world. Mm. Talking to Kirby Anderson. Kirby's in studio with us. Uh, He is a host of the radio program Point of View, heard all over the country. As far as I know, it's the oldest talk radio program in, uh, in Christian broadcasting that's out there. Uh, Kirby uh, lives in Dallas, and he's in the studio with us with uh, his associate, Warren Kelly. That's right. Uh, and uh, we're glad to have those guys in Tupelo. They're going to be doing their show from here uh, today. Um, what's We're talking about spiritually what's happening in America, in Canada too for that matter, but uh, uh, do you, are there other so, so, so there doesn't seem to be a competing religion, as it were. Uh, then I, I want you to answer this, and then Ray can come in because he travels, talks to a lot of people. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a competing religion, uh, like Islam or Judaism or Buddhism, but it just seems to be that uh, secularism is is um, becoming more, uh, if you can use the word, popular. In our country, is that sure. what's going on here, or do you do you see it differently, or you find again? I'll quote from George Barnett. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, we, please. His surveys and ours correlate, mm-hmm. and we've correlated it with GSS and Christian Smith and Baylor okay. and all the rest. So what I'm sharing is what a lot of people have found. And first of all, the most dominant worldview today syncretism, which is a big, long word for, I'll take a little bit here and a little bit there and put it together. So I heard Oprah Winfrey say something. That sounds good. We call that a hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Cafeteria theology, whatever you want to call it. And that is really kind of the dominant worldview. It's syncretism. That is, some people have parts of the uh, biblical view. Gotcha. Even non-Christians sometimes do. The other part of it, is what Christian Smith called moralistic therapeutic deism, which is a big long word for saying moralistic. Well, I think everybody's supposed to be good. Therapeutic, well, I'm supposed to feel good about myself. And deism, well, God's really not involved in my day-to-day life. I do Mm -hmm. sort of believe in a God out there, but he's not involved in my day-to-day life. And if you take those two, you've covered it pretty much. But most of it is really that issue of syncretism. If you go to a cafeteria right now here in Tupelo, you know know people are going to grab something off of the dessert tray, something off the salad tray, something off that, and they're going to create something. And sometimes when you're done, you look at that and say, what have I done to myself? <laughs> well, there's a sense in which that's exactly what's happening every single day. Young people have uh, screens in front of them, sometimes 15 hours a day when you add the computers, mm-hmm. you have the phones and everything like that. And they're just, if they don't have a consistent biblical worldview, the uh, they're becoming conformed to this world. Again, it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. They're mm-hmm. becoming conformed to this world or Colossians 2, 8, they're taken, being taken captive by the world. And so if you do some, you know, kind of brief surveys, some people seem Christian. If you get a little deeper into those surveys, you find out that very few people have what we would consider to be an orthodox view, either inside the church or even outside yeah. the church. Hey, Ray, uh, yeah. along the lines of what Kirby's talking about, and by the way, just to add an element of hope here, what we're all doing here and what our what our listeners support at American Family Radio uh, is it is reaching people who are who are just in the shape that Kirby described. And let me just tell you something. We here, and I know you do too, Kirby, at, at your work, 
both at Point of View and Pro, but we hear on a daily basis, folks, people out there across the country whose hearts and minds are being changed. Yes. Well, they're being changed by Jesus Christ Amen. and the Bible, but they're hearing about it on our radio stations yes. or on our app. Uh, I just got a, a message yesterday. A fella, um, one of my one of our colleagues here was at a summer camp. Uh, it was a, a uh, it was a uh, camp meeting, an old fashioned camp meeting, and he said, "Hey, I just met somebody who listened to AFR for ten years before he gave his heart to Christ, and but he got hooked on listening to AFR. But it was, he listened to ten years, and then he gave his life to Jesus, mm-hmm. and it changed his whole." perspective his whole worldview uh and respect for the bible and then so what i'm saying is there is hope to change people and we're doing all we can as is kirby and and uh, ray and, and other ministries but ray i want to ask you this um i think that the reason so many younger people in particular have this uh uh re- quote religious perspective that um Kirby just described. What did you What did you call it? I Syncretism. Call, uh, yeah. uh, AKA AKA hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. <laughs> cafeteria theology. Okay. Here's my yeah. theory, Ray, and uh, this is not uh, earth shattering. <clears throat> Human beings don't want to be told how to live. <laughs> uh, we don't want to be told what to do. Uh, people need to shut up, mind their own business. These Christians need to go away or be shut down because they think they're all superior. Uh, and I just, I'm going to live like I want to. I don't care if there is a God or not, because uh, I don't, I don't answer to him, to him. Uh, I've just given you a minute of American young people, young person thinking, am I, or maybe it's beyond young people that, that go ahead, talk about well, what I've just Well, described. let me, let me just say this to follow up on Kirby's point and yours. The syncretism is a huge issue. And what is shocking to me from where I sit is how many kids, Kirby, raised in our churches, our good evangelical churches, who sat under good Bible teaching ministries, went to Awana, went to Word of Life. But given the cultural pressure they face, how they have become functional syncretists, they have taken... They, they, they still have a they still have a basis of what we would call evangelical theology, but especially in the area of sexual morality, the, the gay marriage debate, the transgender debate, it has shaken our young people so deeply that they are not finding they felt like they didn't find the right kind of answers or they're simply enamored of what the world is offering them. And so Kirby, I want to circle around to you and say I agree with everything you said. What difference? can a local church make in preparing a generation of young people who will be stronger than the ones who are out there struggling so much right now? Well, again, I think you know where we're going to take this because our survey also gets into sexuality and gender and all the issues we talk about here on today's issues. And we find that unless the church is addressing those issues, then the culture wins by default. And, uh, you know, I've taught at Dallas Seminary. You've been at Dallas Seminary. And I noticed something years ago when I first started teaching in pastoral ministries as an adjunct professor, uh, we would talk about those issues, uh, divorce, that people outside the church. And I noticed that nobody was ever speaking about divorce 
divorce inside the church. Then I, they heard them starting to talk about homosexuality. You know, those people outside the church that are homosexuals, how do we relate to that? But then once you started knowing somebody that was a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, family member that quote, came out, stop teaching about that. Years before that, we never had anybody give a message on cohabitation or living together because, well, we don't want to offend anybody in the church. Mm -hmm. And so if the only voice you're hearing about uh, gender dysphoria, about homosexuality, about race, about uh, divorce, about premarital sex is the voices that come from outside the church, guess what? You know, and even if you're doing a good job of teaching, you're in a one-hour sermon trying to counteract 40 hours a week uh, or more. I'm being generous, probably closer to 60 hours a week of content from screens that are obviously non-Christian. And so I think we can do this within the church, but it brings us back to radio. Uh, this You remember the old phrase, if we build it, they will come? We built 350,000 churches. They ain't coming. I can show you from all the statistics we've dug out. They're not coming in the back door of the church, but they might listen to point of view. They might listen to today's issue. They might listen to American Family Radio. They might listen to other Christian broadcasts, and that's how we reach them. We also have to reach out to them and maybe Mm -hmm. do Bible studies and evangelistic outreaches because it isn't so much that these individuals are against Christianity— people that maybe read Richard Dawkins or Sam Harris or uh, Daniel Dennett. It's just that it doesn't seem relevant to their lives. And so when all of a sudden they're listening to this program and all of a sudden you're talking about issues I'm really concerned about and you're giving me a Christian point of view, it reinforces the Christian values that maybe they heard in church. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, it challenges non-Christians to rethink their position. Amen. By the way, I think I think you undersell yourself uh, at Dallas Theological Seminary. Uh, I don't think you were a junk professor. <laughs> I, I heard very good things about you, Kirby. Uh, Great line. Uh, yeah. I'll All call right. myself a visiting professor. Visiting that works better. Professor. Yeah. yeah. Calling yourself a junk <laughs> professor. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, Kirby, brother. Appreciate thank you being you. in the studio. Kirby's going to be recording his show. Uh, Ray says bye, waving at you there. Okay, so what we're going to do is take a five-minute uh, break for news. Steve Jordahl will step in for Chris, mm-hmm. and we'll continue discussing uh, the topics of the day. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.